0: You know, one thing we know, like no matter what happened in the past, like stuff happened to us that should have never happened. And, and it sucked that it happened and I wish it hadn't happened. And what am I going to do about it? Right. How am I going to show up in the difference? So no matter what happened in the past, no matter what happens going forward, we can always, always show up and choose how we're going to respond to the situation.
1: Welcome back. If you are new here, I'm Joyen Chan, your host of the podcast Find Joy with Joyen. Thank you for joining us every week for the most authentic, courageous, and powerful connections with a lot of fun. Thank you for showing up for yourself today to continue to learn and grow, to live a life with joy, passion, purpose, and success in your own style on your own terms. And I can't wait to introduce you to our guest today. He has 30 years of experience, he is a highly sought-after spiritual teacher, personal transformational coach, and leading voice in the breathwork community. He has traveled the world, offering inspiring and transformational retreats combining psychological and spiritual teachings with lasting and life-changing effects. He is also an award-winning, critically acclaimed author. He has spoken at numerous universities and conferences, and also on the text stage. And his new book, Awakening the Soul of Power, was described by multiple Grammy Award winner Guglia Estefant as a bump for the soul of anyone searching for truth and answers to life's difficult questions, and has received multiple awards. And so he's here today to empower you to stop selling out on your personal power and free yourself. So guys, help me and welcome the hero behind the soulful power, Christian de la Water. This episode is sponsored by Get the Law of Attraction. If you have been listening to this podcast, then you will know I am a big believer of the universe and the law of attraction. Get the Law of Attraction is a spiritual and inspirational company that gives you something really good like chocolate chip cookies to feed your soul and your mind every single day. They provide daily Instagram posts and reels on the universe, gratitude, spirituality for your hectic life. They also have an educational course on the Law of Attraction and Gratitude Journal and their links are in the show notes below. Go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, JOYAN when you sign up and you will get $25 off. Hi, Christian. Welcome to the show. I am so happy that you are here today and I'm able to sit down with you and just talk about your story and what you do, and which is why I'm really happy and excited and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Hey, Joanne. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And I've also been looking forward to our conversation.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for taking your time out in your early morning, you know, to 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 be on this, um uh, to be in this conversation with me. So I really want to start with, you know, I want to know, like, when did it all begin? Because when I was doing my research, I always do my research and I read that on your website, right? I suppose you said that about 30 years ago, you were working in the marketing and professional relations department in Miami and you... Walk away from this comfortable life, as you said, you, know, to embark on a profound journey and challenging, I would say, spiritual journey. So I want to know like, what, was the, what was the trigger, what was the reason you know, if you could bring us back to the moment, when did you decide that you know, I'm going to leave this job to pursue a spiritual path, which is totally different. So can you share that with us?
0: Yeah, sure. And um, you know, my life at that point was very enviable. Um, like I had a lot of things that people strive for, I had a nice paying job. It was the kind of job that I could you know, make my own hours. So I had a great suntan in those days, uh, before we knew how much, I really knew how, how dangerous lying in the sun was to the skin. Um, I had a sports car, apartment on the water, condo on the water, um, here in Miami, I'm just happy to be visiting in Miami, but I was living in Miami then. Um, and you know, the the Armani suits, um, all that kind of stuff. I was sought after socially, professionally, but yet it seemed to me that the more that I had and the more that I was sought after, I just kept thinking there has to be more to life. Um, And and I was reading about your story as well. And I know there's some points of of comparison there. Like I kept kept looking for the meaning um, in life. And, you know, I went through a process of, of getting really clear of you know, like, what do I really want from life? And, and I started making a list and I spent the whole weekend actually in my apartment, just asking myself, what do I want from life? And if I got an idea, it could be petty. It could be about making a difference in the world. I didn't evaluate it. I just like created a list of a hundred things. And then finally like nothing else was coming out. And then I started eliminating what do I really want from life? And I got it down to like three things. And let me see if I remember what it was. I wanted to fulfill my, discover my purpose. Like, what am I really here for? Um, which I know resonates with, with you and your work. I wanted to, um, fulfill my potential, you know, in, in every sense of the word, not only mentally, um, and emotionally and physically, and also spiritually, which I had kind of neglected, um, for, for that, for during my twenties. Um, and then I wanted to travel and, and see the world and work with people from all different cultures and, and backgrounds and, and walk of life. And I put my list away. I don't even know where it is. I never saw it again. It's probably sitting inside one of my books. Um, and I think going, getting so clear, going through that process of getting so clear was catalytic. And flash forward six months later, I quit my job, sold sold my condo, Broke up with my relationship at the time. Uh, gave away or sold everything. And I went off on the spiritual journey. Um, discovering, you know, like, what what am I really here for? And I never looked back. That was my last corporate job.
1: Yeah. And, okay, so what was the first thing? Okay, so you decide, okay, I'm going to leave this job because, you know, sell all my stuff. I even, you know, decided to leave my relationship to go on this spiritual journey. So what was the first Step okay, you know, so after that, you know, having done all that, where did you go? Like, did you start? Because right now, I don't mind sharing with you, I'm just being very honest with you and with my listeners as well. I'm also, I also find myself at this crossroad right now, which is why I really want to talk to you because I feel like I might get some answers from you. So, <laughs> I'm at the crossroad right now, I also feel like I have this pool. You know, it's like telling me to go pursue this spiritual path. And I don't even know where to start. Like, what should I do, right? So I have this calling right now. So what should I do? Like, what does it mean? So if you can share with me, that would be great. Like, what was the, did you have this like strong calling to, to do something? And what did you do?
0: Yeah. And I had I had actually like six months before I connected with the spiritual teacher and I tried breath work for the first time which is this healing practice you breathe in a certain way for about an hour an hour and a half and and then I started learning about meditation and you know mystical teachings and and it's like I just began to understand what the ego mind is and it was that combination of information that just changed everything and and then I knew I knew that that the work that I was doing was not enough for me it was it was fine for for what it had been but but I, but what it was it was that call it was that like soul level call that you're talking about which is like was a call for more um and so i think if i were going to look back on it and, and and feed back to you like i think the important thing is to say yes say yes to the call like we don't need to know the details yet we don't need to even know what the next step is so like create i would even like create a ritual for yourself you know like whatever that looks like and and you go inside yourself and you say, you know what? I feel a call. I know there's got to be more. I know that I'm being pulled to do something more. And I say, yes, like I'm in. I will do this. And, and what happens is like, I don't know if you remember the movie. Um, it was one of the Indiana Jones movie. The one, I think it's the one about the Holy Grail where he's standing on this side of the cliff and there's this huge endless cliff and it's not until, and then on the other side of the cliff are the Holy Grails. And it's not until he figures out that he has to take a step into the void, into the emptiness, and then the stone, you know, the, the bridge shows up to meet his foot. So, so that's what, what it was like for me too, is like I said, all right, yes. And I don't even know what this is going to look like or how I'm going to survive, how am I going to pay the bills? But I say yes. And, and I took a step and then boom, then the bridge shows up and it's been like that, take a step and boom and and when we're coming from that place Joanne, and from when we're, when we're coming from that place that authentic place of of answering our calls like we're supported every step of the way every single step of the way
1: yeah thanks for that because i really appreciate that yeah because i really need to hear from you that you know i don't have to know all the details and i'm always supported i have because this is like my so-called problem you know i have to figure out everything right before I know. Yeah, I need to know what do I need to do because it's just um, me. So right now I really need to hear that. I don't have to figure everything. I don't really have the answer. I don't really need to have the answer because just trust that the answer will come when the time is right. Yes. So thank you so much. Exactly. Um, yeah, just what I need to hear right now.
0: Exactly. And, and, and here's another way to think about that, because that's part of that understanding that I was talking about, about understanding what the ego mind is. And we don't have time to get into really deeply into what that is. I spent the whole quarter of my book explaining how the mind works, uh, because it's really important that we understand that, because if we want to have relationships that have a chance of working, if we want to have that sense of personal empowerment, lives that have meaning, have purpose, that's the first step, is understanding the mind. And and here's a good, easy metaphor. If you put a a a baseball or a a soccer ball, a football in the center of a stadium. That's what the ego is, who we are is actually the stadium. And we've allowed this tiny, tiny part of who we are, to think that it is all who we are, and to make really important choices about our lives, about our relationships, about what we do with our lives, from its very small, limited, and always fear based perspective. And it's that part of the mind, that's the, the one that wants to know everything and wants to control everything. And so, but what happens is when we once we step out and, and and disidentify with the baseball and begin to realize that we are the stadium, then like magic happens, and 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 we don't even have the words to explain how life works. So we use words like magic or miracles, but synchronicities, um, you know, things that we would never even imagine could happen. Doors open up, opportunities present themselves, and and yes it's in the beginning it's a little scary because we want to know right we want to know what's next and we want to know how this is going to work out but in my experience it works out better than my little mind could have ever ever imagined
1: yeah i am learning um i'm really trying i'm really learning i would just you know put it as simple as that i'm learning now i want to ask this question because i believe this is the question that almost everyone has asked you about. So because you talk about your book, um, and it's a best-selling book, award-winning book. So what does soulful power mean to you?
0: Yeah, you know, let's so I've been thinking a lot about this question about power and what it is and, and why most of us seem to have um, a conflicted or at least ambivalent relationship to it. Part of us wants it, part of us is afraid of it. And I think what we fear is that if we really stepped into our power, our personal power, uh, that other people would not be able to handle it and that we might end up rejected or alone. I think we also fear that we might abuse it. and No wonder. Well, all we got to do is w- w- turn the news or read the headlines online any given day to witness at least one abuse of power. And, and then add to that the fact that we've been conditioned to believe that power is a bad thing. It's a negative thing with quotes that we've all heard power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely and who wants to be corrupted but what they didn't tell us is that that quote um, was speaking specifically about political power not personal power which is what we're talking about and so when you add to the mix the fact that we've also been conditioned to be afraid of our emotions we've labeled the emotions weakness we hate conflict we avoid confrontation When we put all that into a mix, what happens is that we give away our power, our innate, inherent power that nobody can give to us. Nobody can take away. We are the only ones who give it away. And the sad part is that we give it away for kind of sad, lame reasons. Like we say yes, when inside we really feel no. We, We override our feelings, our beliefs, our preferences, our dreams for an illusion of security for a false sense of acceptance and for morsels, crumbs, of pseudo-love. Um, and, and, and we stuff ourselves into smaller little packages so as to not rock the boat too much. But it's not a good strategy because we're going to be judged anyway, right? We're, no matter what we do, because that's what that ego mind does. It, it judges us, so we judge each other. And then what happens is that we stuff ourselves into smaller little packages. And that's why you and I had that sense of dissatisfaction, like that depression that you were talking about in your own history, because we weren't living to our full potential. Um, and, And I know what you're talking about, because at that time, I was I was the same too. my my adolescence was one long depression with suicidal fantasies. And flash forward to today, like no matter what happens in my life no matter the details the circumstances whether a relationship works out or it doesn't whether a project succeeds or it fails never ever ever do i question my, my sense of self my sense of of self-acceptance self-love completely established and unshakable and and so that i know that if that can happen in me it can happen in in, in anybody's
1: life okay so i love that you so you mentioned. A, quite a few points that I want to um, talk about. So you talk about self-worth, self-love that everyone talks about right now, right? People talk about you see on social media almost every day. They talk about practicing self-love, you know, self-esteem, boosting your self-confidence. So how would you approach that? Like if let's say someone, you know, today they come to you, let's say, you know, maybe they are in depression. We have gone through that. So what would, you, what would you say to them? Like, how would you help someone who is in depression right now?
0: Well, I mean, and, and with depression, it's, it's a little complicated because sometimes it is biochemical. So sometimes it does need medication. I, I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, but I would say but the minority of, of people uh, who are depressed, or be, it's like an actual biochemical thing. I think for most of us, and I don't know if it's 90%, 95%, I don't know the numbers, but for the majority of us, When we are depressed, it's not a biochemical brain imbalance thing. It's because there's something in our lives that isn't working. So it's situational. Um, We're in in a relationship or a job that is sucking the very life force out of us. Um, Or maybe it's because of stuff that happened when we were kids, you know, that, that we've all been through that. And so say, you know, like what happens to a lot of people, parents get divorced. Um, and at that age, when we were like five, six, whenever, um, the, the mind is too young. Like we don't understand at that age, the complexity of human relationships. We don't understand what was going on with each other's parents. We don't know how they thought about relationships, how their parents before them taught them about relationships and their parents before them. We don't know what was going on in their minds, in, in their relationship, in the world. We didn't know if there was any biochemical imbalance, substance abuse. We take it on. We make it about ourselves and we personalize it. And we say, well, how could, how could mommy leave us? How could daddy leave us? And, and then the deeper one is like, well, what's wrong with me that they left us? Don't they love me? What's wrong with me? And it had nothing to do with us. So there, there are misunderstandings of young minds that didn't know any better. And so because that is so intense, for, especially for a young mind, we suppress it. But just because we suppress it, it doesn't go away. It's still in there. And, and it's still impacting every one of our relationships. So, so the work then, first of all, has to be, be to become aware, right? We gotta become self-aware first, because if we don't know what's going on, then we can't do anything about it. And, and so it takes willingness, it takes the courage to look at ourselves and ask the questions that I know you went through that same process, like, who am I? And, and why do I do the things I do? And why do I have these feelings that I don't know what to do with? And, and why do I create these patterns in my life? Why do I have certain triggers? Why do, you know, I get into these relationship patterns that sometimes it feels like it's the same boring movie. It's just a different actor, different co-lead, but it's the same kind of crap coming up, the same arguments, the same uh, triggers. So at some point we have to get honest and look at ourselves and say, there's one common denominator in every one of those relationships, in every one of those arguments, and it's right here so why is that why do why do i track certain people certain behaviors and so self-awareness is this is this first process then that opens the door to self-acceptance once we're willing to do the work and 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 you know of healing whether it's with you know breath work or psychotherapy or coaching but beginning to understand these patterns in ourselves and then looking at the situations in our lives so that we can do something about them And so it's it's a process, it it takes courage, it takes willingness, but it's so worthwhile, because the reward for all of this is not only happiness, but freedom. We get to make choices about ourselves about our lives about our relationships from a place of freedom, not because of some unresolved issue that happened when we were five or 10 or 15. Uh, So it's really a worthwhile um, and heroic process.
1: Yeah. And I still ask myself the question, like, from time to time, who am I and why am I here to do? Which is why I find, I find myself at this crossroad again. Like, I just, I have to ask myself this question again, like, who am I really? Like, why am I here? But it's not from a depressed, you know, state, um, which was, like, in the past. But now it's, like, from this empowered empowerment, like, you know, what we just talked about, like, from this um, a place of empowerment, like, why am I really here to do, you know, who do I serve? Like, how can I serve, you know? So... That's where I'm at right now. So I want to know that after working with so many people yourself and coaching so many people, I'm sure you just talk about patterns, right? We, We are repeating our own patterns. So I'm sure you are seeing patterns, right? Similar patterns. Why do you think people, they give their power away and they keep themselves stuck in a place where they are unhappy, unhealthy, um fulfilled and yet they do nothing to change it. Like they go they leave this relationship, they go into the next one and you know, dating different person with basically like what they say, you know, um you're dating the same person but like something like um different body or something like that. I can't remember <laughs>
0: right.
1: how they say it. yeah but um so why do you think people choose to stay stuck and yet they do don't do anything to to change and yet they are complaining about why their life never changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the short answer, one word is fear. Right? It's and, and that's also that part of the mind, the ego mind. Um, part of his job is to to maintain the status quo, even if the status quo is at best comfortable, like, you know, it's it's all right, we're not happy, we're not thriving, but things work, you know, the job is okay, it pays the bills, I don't really like it, but it pays the bills the relationship, it doesn't, it's not, I'm not really in love, but but, you know, then I don't want to be alone. So for all those types of fear, we end up selling ourselves. And, you know, I, was, I realized that when you said use the word empowerment, that I didn't complete answering your question about what soulful power is, because one of the ways that we solve that conflict about power is realizing that there are different kinds of power and that there is a way that we can step into power into our our power, personal power in a way that's not about hierarchy, control. Fear, abuse, uh, uh, motive, you know, like manipulation, that doesn't require that we push anybody down, step on them in order for us to feel powerful. So there's, I talk about worldly power, the way that the world relates to power. And and what do we think about power? Most of us think people who have money or who are famous or maybe high up in some kind of hierarchy, whether it's the corporate ladder or, or some institution, religious institution, whatever. Um, But the thing about all those kinds of worldly external powers that because they're outside of us, they're fickle. Here today, gone tomorrow. Um, The worldly power always has an agenda too. So it's always trying to get something for itself. And it's self-aggrandizing. So it's blowing itself up to seem bigger than it actually is. In contrast to soulful power or spiritual power, which is the power that's inside every one of us and that nobody can give us and nobody can take away. And, and like I was saying before, we are the only ones who give it away. So and soulful power, like it's more about service rather than having an agenda. It's about making a difference and it's humble. Like it knows who it is, what it is. It doesn't need to prove it to anybody. Uh, so think about Gandhi or Gandalf, you know, from the Lord of the Rings and their simple robes, those monastic robes, their sandal feet from looking at them. You'd never know how much power they hold until it's necessary. Then get out of the way. Gandhi brought the British Empire to its knees when when it was at its highest point in terms of global reach without ever shooting a gun or landing a single punch. Talk about power, that's power. And that power is inside each one and every one of us.
1: Okay, so now the question will be, how can I assess that? You know, I'm sure people are listening to this. Like, well, you say I just have, you said I have the power, but like, how do I bring it you know, forward?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a great question. And, and, it, and it begins going back to that same question, like self-awareness, right? So be first of all, beginning to understand ourselves, understand the mind, understand the patterns, right? So like asking ourselves the question, like, when do I give my power away? When do I say yes? When inside, it's really not okay. And so is it, for example, in personal, intimate, romantic, sexual relationships, or maybe perhaps is it with authority figures, parental figures, bosses, spiritual leaders, coaches. And so once we begin to become aware, like, oh, oh, oh. So we go through our lives and go, wow, I just overrode my power. I really didn't want to do that, but I did it anyway because I didn't want to rock the boat. I wanted to keep a semblance of peace. Um, or, or, you know, or, or the number of times that we diminish ourselves, that, that we settle for less. And so do we tend to do that Do we settle for less in, in work professional environments, or do we do it when, 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 when the intimate romantic setting. And then once we begin to see the patterns, then we can choose otherwise. So, so the, so self-awareness, understanding who we are, why we do the things we, we do, what are the triggers? right? What are the patterns? Uh, so for example, let's, let's look at another trigger. Like say you and I have a, a friend, um, Joe, um, right. And, and Joe shows up inevitably 20 minutes late every time. So I have lunch with, with Joe on Mondays, you have lunch with him on Tuesdays. And so there I am on Mondays like, what? I knew it. I knew he was going to be late. He, he's so selfish. So inconsiderate. He only cares about his time. Doesn't care about mine. And, and and I, I should have known in all the stories, right, all the stuff that we tell ourselves and then Joe gets there and because we hate conflict, I swallow it, we put on a fake smile, but then the, the resentment starts dripping out the side, of the, uh, the side of the mouth with a joke with a little hook on it or barbed remark. Um, and, and so whereas you on Tuesdays, like, great, I have 20 minutes, Joe, I knew Joe was going to be late. Let me go return that phone call. Let me, let me get on top of my email. Let me go look at the social media, right? So, so many possible responses to getting to Joe's lateness. Why does that bother me so much? So, so then, okay, if I want to be free, if I want to be free from that, because if, if, if it's my late button, right, it doesn't excuse his lateness. That's a whole other conversation. That, that we can have with him. But if I want to be free, if I want to be in my power, I have to do my work because obviously it's. I have a late button. If anybody figures out that I have a lateness button, all I have to do is show up 20 minutes late and they got me. And so why does it bother me so much, right? So the work would be something like this, right? It's not, in fact, if I pause and look at it, it's not just when Joe's late, it's when anybody's late it bugs me. right? So, huh, interesting. All right. Let me zoom out more. When else when else do I feel that way? Uh when somebody cuts me off in traffic. When somebody cuts me off in conversation, it has it kind of brings up that same kind of feeling. All right. Interesting. What is that feeling? What am I feeling when that happens? All right. Well, let me look at that. I'm feeling disrespected. I'm feeling dishonored, not cared for, I'm feeling um you know, maybe rejected. Um, not loved, it's like, oh, interesting. That feeling has been there way longer than my lunches with Joe, so it's not about Joe. So once we're willing to do that work and we go back in time, back in time, and we see, wow, really, this had nothing to do with Joe. It's about me feeling not worthy, not loved, not cared. And because that's been there for a long time, that's the kind of stuff that we repressed and it's still in there. So when anybody in the present moment does something that triggers that thought, that old feeling of not feeling good enough, of feeling not worthy, feeling, feeling like there's something wrong with us, gets re-triggered. And, and so, wow, wow, that's really what's going on. Then I can go to, to coaching. Then I can go to breath work. Then I can go to therapy, do whatever I need to do to heal that. Because that original belief that there's something wrong with, with us, that we're not lovable, that we're not worthy, is not real. It's not true. It's just a misunderstanding of a young mind that didn't know any better. But again, because we suppressed it, we didn't see that. And, and the willingness to do the work, then we can heal that that original misunderstanding, and then we can be free. And and that's why doing the kind of work that you and I do, whether we do coaching, um, spiritual counseling, whatever you call it, it's it's so important and so helpful.
1: Okay. I. So what is spiritual counseling? Because that is something that is quite new to me, the term I'm sure to my listeners as well, like we heard about um, counseling, right? Coaching, but spiritual counseling is like, how would you define it? Like what is the difference between traditional counseling and um, spiritual counseling?
0: Well, in, in traditional counseling or traditional psychotherapy, they're not, most of the time, they're not looking at, at the spiritual part of us, right? They're just looking at the mind, um and and you know looking at family history that kind of stuff at least in the way that I do that's what I call spiritual counseling um i'm looking at that because that's all important looking at our past looking at our you know relationship with our parents any traumas uh, but i'm also weaving in spiritual matters um because in, to me those are the most profound spiritual matters um and, and that a lot have to do with purpose um, and, and so, for example, one of my healing techniques is breath work, which, you know, like you would be, because because it, it, it is sort of a psycho spiritual process, um, incredibly powerful. Like, like after one session, I knew that my life would never be the same. And I knew that I had to do it again. And I knew that I had to do it for others. And, and I come out of the psychotherapy tradition. My father was a psychiatrist, my degree is in psychology i was on a track to get a phd in psychology when i did breathwork for the first time i jumped tracks i never went for the phd because it works so fast and it works and it heals so profoundly at so many levels and with all due respect to the psychotherapy in the right hands uh, with clear goals it can be very supportive and, and and he and and healing and we all know that you can sit on somebody's couch for five ten twenty 30 years repeating the same old crap and nothing happens. And here's why that happens, because they come to me, It's you know, I've been going to therapy for 30 years and one weekend with me, or or it's like changed everything. <clears throat> why is that? In in the psychotherapy process or, or, or just traditional, just, just more psychological counseling, we're just talking about it, which is better, right? It's better than not talking about it. It's better than being suppressed and repressed but what happens is that the trauma no longer lives up here. You now the trauma has been somaticized and is now living in the body. So no amount of understanding, no amount of talking about it is gonna get to it. And understanding is certainly better than not understanding. But you know, they come to me all the time where we're like, yeah, I knew, I knew what happened to me when I was five. Um, and, and I knew the effect it had in my relationship with my parents, with, which then impacted my relationship, my romantic relationships. But I'm still stuck in this pattern. The the breath work bypasses the mind and it goes to the source of the trauma that now lives in the body and it clears it, and and it works fast. And and so and to me that's it's kind of you know call it spiritual. Call it it's it's beyond understanding, um, and and it, it just for me the combination of both right the the more the psychological. Um, understanding of why we do the things we do, understanding the mental process, the emotional process, combined with a practice like breathwork, which is more spiritual, psycho spiritual, um, it's a really powerful combination and, and has really fast results.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I just had a, I just actually released another episode this week with another breathwork uh, facilitator, and she's also an alignment mentor. And so, during our episode you know that we have created actually I asked her to guide us through a breath work you know exercise like a simple one on the podcast and I love it because I meditate but to me breath work is I asked her you know like so why is the difference between meditation and breath work isn't it the same because it's about breathing right so how would you because that is from her you know so I would love to hear from you as well um so how how can I incorporate breath work into because I believe breath work is part of meditation as well, I still don't quite understand it to be honest, because I personally I don't I, I'm not um practicing it in long enough to be able to understand it, but I meditate. So is it the same or is it like totally different?
0: Well, I mean, breath work is a very broad kind of an umbrella term. So there's breathing practices, right? There's 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 pranayama that we do in yoga class. And some of them are, you know, they're for like stress reduction and, f- and for centering yourself. If you're stressed out, um, some of them are like, if you do a faster, more, more intense kind of breathing, it's, it's to energize yourself. So rather than going for the coffee in, in the afternoon after lunch, um, if you do some breathing practices, it like brings up your energy and brings up your focus, the breath work that I'm talking about is longer. So you do that you breathe in a circular connected way for. An hour, an hour and a half. There's some other modalities that you do it even longer, like three, four hours. Um, in in my experience, it, it's an hour, an hour and a half is enough. And and it's amazing what happens, uh, Joya. And it's 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 amazing because not only does it heal, and, and like I'm saying, like I deal with people that have really profound traumas, sexual abuse, you know, rape, violent stuff that people have, have gone through. And the simple breathing modality heals that stuff. And, and, you know, they haven't really done the study scientifically as to why it works uh, as to, and, and, and there, there are overlaps with meditation for sure. The breath is at the core of every meditation practice, of, of every spiritual practice. If you think about it, the breath is like the most loyal companion on this journey of life, on this journey of embodiment. So we take our first and our last breath. The breath is this life-giving breath, and so they haven't studied like they've done a lot of work, research on the effects of meditation. What's happening in the body? What's happening in the brain? Um, and with proven effects, not only in terms of health, but also in terms of productivity, um, employee relations. I mean, really well established the benefit the benefits of meditation. They they're just starting to really study what what's happening in the body and in the brain when we breathe and in this. Way for longer periods of time. So we don't, the science isn't there yet. And, but, but the way that I, that helps me to understand it is more from like a spiritual perspective. And if we think about in most religions, in most spiritual traditions in the world, and even in some secular languages, the same word, one word can mean spirit or it can mean breath, depending on the context. So, for example, in from ancient Greek, pneuma from which we get pneumonia, that word pneuma meant both lung and soul. From the Latin root spirare, we get both respiration and inspiration or expiration. Um, and on and on in, in, in Hebrew, in, in 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 Sanskrit, that that, 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 that happens. So there's that breath spirit connection that ultimately like what we're talking about is beyond the mind. It's beyond understanding. Uh, but yet it works. You know, I can't argue with the results. I've been doing this for thirty years; it works. And and I work with you know I've worked with people see, like high level CEOs, um, millionaires, billionaires. I, you know, right before the pandemic, I was going to China, you know, four times a year, I'm working with like really high level people. I work you know I go to Silicon Valley every few months to work with really high level people there. It works.
1: Yeah. Thanks for answering my question, because I was about to ask, like, why does it work? But you answered that question without me asking. Thank you so much. Now, I love that you just talk about pandemic, because um it's actually one of the questions that I wanted to ask you as well. So now I want to talk about it, because I want to know, um, how did you personally, right? How did you navigate through the pandemic? Because for most of us, you know, no matter where you are, who you are, the past two years, have not been easy right but i love it because like i said when i was reading your stuff and i i um i put i love this sentence that you you said the ongoing act of becoming ourselves did not stop simply because the world was in a global time out and i love that it just it really hit me because it's so true right and And then I was like asking myself, right, because, you know, so many people, they suffer when, you know, when COVID happened, they suffer, they blame, they resist, right? And again, they give their power away to the external world and things they cannot control, right? And, but there's also a minority group of people like you and me, you know, we are, I would say we are happy to find that quiet space and time to connect deeply with ourselves and ask some of the questions that. We would, you know, we would otherwise never ask ourselves because we don't give ourselves the time and space. So I want to know what was your what was your first response when it happened, like COVID happened, you know, and your initial reaction, like how did you react to it? Because when the whole world was you know shutting down, like so, as a spiritual teacher, I want to know how did you navigate through through that period of time?
0: Yeah, I mean, so much wisdom in, in what you just said. You know, for me, without minimizing the tragedy of it and all the death and, and the economic impact all over the world, for me, the pandemic was a blessing. I went from, even though, even though my income, you know, after doing retreats for 30 years and workshops and coaching, my income went to zero overnight. Like I remember being doing my last retreat in March two years ago, knowing that that was, that was it. That was the last retreat that I could do for who knew how long. And so I went from a hundred thousand miles on an airplane to nothing, but that was the blessing for me. That was the, because in, in, I was able to a finish this book that I've been brewing for, for, for 10 years inside of my head. Well, thanks to COVID, I sat my butt down and I, and I got it out of my head and, and onto the computer and then onto paper. It also it forced me to do what I've known for years that I needed to do that if that I needed to create virtual programming online programming if I was going to reach people who live in other parts of the world who may never come to my retreats, my live retreats like I had to do this well force you know i had to I had to pivot I had no choice um and so I'm grateful for me both, on both both those levels it was it was a good thing um and I also got to see for myself that how established and trust I am, like not once, Joanne, I can say honestly, not once did I go into fear, like not once did I go into how am I going to pay the bills which which no, it was I was paying a lot of bills. I was renting this big house um in Miami, where I was doing retreats and workshops, and suddenly nothing, no events. Um, so I'm not, no longer living there. Like after two years when it made, it was clear that I didn't know how long this thing was going to go on, that it didn't make sense for me to be renting this big house. So now I'm in a nomadic phase. right now. I'm living in, in Quito and in Ecuador, you know, for, for some time right now that I'm doing my work virtually, all I need is good wifi. So I need, I, just, I can be anywhere. So a lot of good things came from it, from me. And, and, and the wisdom of that is what you were talking about. You know, like we do one thing we know for sure about life is that it's going to continue throwing curveballs our way things are going to happen that we just didn't see coming there's no way to see like, like like a global pandemic or an illness or a divorce or the loss of a loved one or some tragic accident so that we can we know for sure that kind of stuff is going to continue happening And because of that, we can go through life kind of in a place of fear, in a place of feeling victimized by life. Um, You know, kind of a paranoid relationship with life. Uh, Like me against the world kind of thing. Um, And by shifting this, this slight reframing this relationship, we can say, you know, one thing we know, like no matter what happened in the past, like stuff happened to us that should have never happened. And, and it sucked that it happened and I wish it hadn't happened. And what am I going to do about it? Right? How am I going to show up in the difference? So no matter what happened in the past, no matter what happens going forward, we can always, always show up and choose how we're going to respond to the situation. When we reframe it that way, it pops, it pops us out of that victim mindset of that victim relationship to life. And we can reclaim that sense of personal empowerment. It's like, right, no matter what happened, no matter what happens, what am, I gonna, what am I gonna do? How can I show up differently? And that alone is completely empowering. And it takes us out of that victim relationship to life.
1: Yeah, that is so powerful. So now I wanna I I wanna talk about again your book because you you know, because of the pandemic, then we have this book to talk about <laughs> so awaken your the soul of power you write this book for everyone um but you have a particular message for us women so i would really want to know what message you have for us and why why is that yes. like because coming from you know you are a man and you have a particular message for a woman we were like all right you know yeah tell me about it <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: really it's a really good question because my thinking about power was really inspired by my older sister you know, I'm the old I'm the second oldest of nine kids. And my older sister's like two years older than I am. And we were all close in age, like all only twelve years between the oldest and the youngest. My mom was pretty much pregnant for, for twelve years. Um, which I cannot even begin to imagine. But when we were kids, my sister was like a natural born leader she would boss around not only the nine of us, but the entire neighborhood of like 15, 20 kids. And not in a bad, negative, bossy way. She was just like, hey, let's go do that. And we would like, okay, let's all go do that. We would just naturally follow her. When she hit puberty, she turned that off. I don't know if somebody said something to her or whether she just picked it up through osmosis from society and culture that women didn't behave that way because there's so much conditioning about that, right? This is the very same qualities in a man that we go, Oh, wow, what a strong, decisive leader in a woman. What do we call her a bitch? Right. And so what is that? Right. Why is that? And, and it's not, I, I believe that the empowerment of women is the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world. And it's not to idealize women. It's not to put women up on a pedestal. Women also abuse power. And it's not to give women more stuff that they have to clean up in this world in this mess that we have we've created it's because as a as a world as a species we've been working very off balance off kilter between the masculine and the feminine the balance between the masculine and the feminine is way off and and so I believe that when women are in 50 percent of power in this world we're going to have a very different relationship to war and poverty and hunger and justice and and opportunity for all and how we treat the environment to all of it. So for me, it's a a strategic approach. Like what is one thing that we could focus on that we could energize that will then impact all the other challenges that we're facing as a species because our survival on this planet is at stake. And to me, that's what I land on: the empowerment of women. I've done, and they've done studies on this, like you know, villages in in not developed and part, undeveloped parts of the world. Like, what is the one thing that that changes everything is education of women, which is empowerment of women, and and you know, with micro loans and stuff like that. And that that approach has been proven. And so I'm thinking about it in a more macro. Um, larger way, like looking at, at our situation as a, as a species, as a planet, because we, we you know, we got to get real. Like we're, we're just, it's a make it or break it time um, for humanity. The planet will be fine. Now the planet, it might take a few million years, but life will find homeostasis. Again, life will continue. Consciousness will continue. Maybe it turns out to be, you know, an enlightened cockroach planet. Who knows whether we make it, Humanity, that's the question, right? Because we're just now beginning to witness what we have unleashed on the environment. And if we look at the world now, it's like, we're at the choice point. Like, like looking at the war, like it's its mind boggling that at this level, we're still invading each other and killing each other and tragically in the name of God. Um, and, and so humanity is like, and it connects to power. Like, right, are we gonna continue expressing power this way by force and, and military power and, and my way or the highway, or are we gonna all decide collectively decide, hey, 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 no, 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 we're not gonna do this anymore. That's the old patriarchal power over way of doing this, which, which has, it, it's the, it believes in, in limited amount, zero sum, like, so you're having power takes away from mine. It's like, wait a minute, like that is a faulty assumption. It's like if i'm in my power if i'm in my strength if i know who i am i'm not threatened by you by you being in your power it's like i can celebrate you being in your power and i can have clear boundaries it's like oh wait 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 a minute that doesn't work for me right but it's because we fear that that there's not enough that 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 is where that that power struggle gets from whether it's internationally or interpersonally um so interesting times that we're living in joe and joanna as, as, as you know
1: Totally, and, and that, that was deep, you know, and um, now I, I want to talk about, so how about men? Because I do have male listeners as well, though most of them are female, but I do have male listeners as well. They would be like, okay, so what is your message for me, Kristen? You know, so what is your message for my male listeners? Like, what does a healthy um, masculine power look like?
0: And that's a really good question, because even though, obviously, this patriarchal system power over hasn't worked for women right the oppression of women still all over this world the the lack of equality is unacceptable and no longer sustainable but men have also paid a price for that patriarchal power over system and and because we've limited right the, the way that we define masculinity and and what is what is strength and what is weakness So, so, so many, so many of us guys in particular, you know, we've, we've been conditioned to believe that the emotions are weakness. You know, like little boys don't cry. It's like, wait a minute, why is that? Because only little girls cry? It's like, that is so twisted and messed up because there are a couple of faulty assumptions there. First of all, that the emotions are weakness. Emotions are not weakness, they're not strength. The emotion, they're not good, they're not bad. How we express them, depending on that, they have a good or a bad effect. The emotions are like energy, like what used to be spiritual teaching, that everything is energy. Now we know from quantum physics that it's true. Everything is energy, including the body, including this chair that I'm sitting on. Even though it feels solid, we know it's vibration. We know it's energy. We know that energy cannot be destroyed. So the same thing with our emotions. When we suppress our emotions, when we don't allow ourselves to feel or to communicate what we're feeling, that stuff doesn't go away. Right? It, get, it, get, it gets stuck in the tissues of the body and after years and decades and a lifetime of suppressing emotions we walk around like with like a cauldron of suppressed emotions which we then start projecting on each other throwing them on each other's lap and or and what happens is we suppress we suppress we suppress and then the next unfortunate one rubs us the wrong way and boom volcanic eruption causing harm to our relationships or suppress 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 that energy has to come out and it starts seeping out and showing up as physical symptoms cancer heart attacks ulcers so we've got to get this relationship to both our emotions and to our our personal power the other the other faulty assumption in that is that the feminine is weakness it's like wait a minute the feminine if you want to talk power you want to talk courage you want to talk talk resilience um let's talk about the power of creation that resides in a female body. And so what happens is because we have turned the feminine into weakness, men walk around like, mm, like you know, like this robot, uncaring, unfeeling, um, but there's a price to pay for that because what we're talking about being the emotions don't just go away. So if we look at some statistics in, in the US, I don't have these numbers globally, but in the US, the rate of suicide among men is like four times as high. In fact, 70% of the suicides in this country uh, are committed by middle-aged white men, which is the group worldwide that still holds the majority of the power and and longevity. And And so in the U.S., women outlive men by f- five years, globally by seven years. What is that? You know, if, if men still have the privileged role worldwide, they should have be having better lives and living longer and be healthier, but that's not the case. And I think that the reason for that is because of what we're talking about, of, of this limited way of that we've got of what it means to be a man, um, which we think of this is power. This is not power because we walk around like, you know, waiting for the next attack, sometimes sneaking in the first punch just in case, Uh, this is prison walking around like this is prison. This is much more power, even though it might feel like vulnerability, it's actually way more powerful because this is the relationship to life is very different when we open up and drop into ourselves and relax and take a deep breath, what, what's really happening is we're saying to life, Hey life, I got this, like, no matter what you throw my way. I got this. I know myself. I know that I can show up. I can respond in a way that is appropriate for me. And so I can relax. I can take a breath. I'm not threatened by life. I'm not threatened by other people having power because I know who I am. I'm in my power. And that changes everything.
1: I'm just like taking all in right now because I can totally, I can relate to it 100%. Why? Because even though you are talking about masculine energy and you know, men with power, I can relate to that because most of my listeners they know because I've been talking about it on my show throughout my podcast a lot. Um, I, I am uh, my dominant energy is masculine energy. So although I'm a female, but I, my dominant energy is masculine energy. So I'm more like a strong woman. You know, I'm all about empowerment. Like so, yeah, I can totally relate to that. And right now, interestingly, I'm learning to be more feminine. Because like what you said, right? I walk around like this. I have to be strong, you know, right? I got this. Um, it's all about hustling, right? I have to do this. I have to achieve that. And now I'll I be like, um, just open up, like you said, right? Just open up and trust that the universe, God, you know, like spirit, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you believe, that will bring you, you know exactly what you need, right? So I'm learning, like I said, you know, in the beginning, um, I'm still learning. I'm on this journey. So thank you so much for that again.
0: And, and it's the balance, right? We don't want to the, the the we don't want to make the masculine wrong. And masculine is good, right? So is the feminine. So it's the balance that we need. It's because as a world, you know, no matter what kind of body we're in, we've we've been working too much in the masculine. And as a species, and we've made, because we've made the feminine into weakness. But once we begin to shift that thinking, then we can find balance both internally, because we all have masculine, we all have energy, like that is creation. That is the universe, the balance between the masculine and the feminine energies. And so it's, we're into trouble as human beings because we've suppressed the feminine and that's why we treat the planet, the way that we do. And we treat, we have this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We like a rape and pillage relationship to the earth. Like, you know, we just take and we take and we control and we subjugate um, and we exploit that, which is the more masculine power over approach. Well, that doesn't work anymore. It's not sustainable. We're we've, like, we've just, and because of that relationship to the earth, like that's the reason that we, we find ourselves with an environmental crisis. And by the way, that's also related to COVID. COVID is re- it's, it's, it's a symptom of our relationship, imbalanced relationship to nature. And, and so what we want is that balance between the masculine and the feminine. Um, and the feminine is not weakness. That's, that's the mistake that we've made, the misunderstanding, that we've turned the feminine into weakness. Wait a minute, no. Power of the feminine is, is very powerful. It's the power of creation. And I don't know if you know um, Betty White, the comedian uh, who just passed a few months ago, but she's so funny. She's like, she was like a gem and died in her, I think she was approaching a hundred or something. Uh, but she apparently was one time was being interviewed and I hope I can say this in your podcast. Um, but she was being in one of those in, you know, celebrity interviews where they had three or four celebrities and somebody said something about having balls and she goes, wait a minute. When do we get this connection between having balls on strength and courage? You know, you thump those little things and the guy and the those little things and the guy bends over and collapses in pain. You wanna talk power, you wanna talk strength? Let's talk vaginas. Those things take a pounding.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yeah, you can totally share that on my podcast. No issue with that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that is so funny. All right now. I can talk to you for hours, seriously. I really wish I could have you here on my show. Um, we have so much to talk about. Now, before we move on to the final session of the podcast, do you have anything that you really want to share? And perhaps I didn't let you or I didn't ask you?
0: Hmm. Well, I, I guess I want to highlight again, you know, just to make sure that everybody gets this, that the power is within, right? And all the answers to all her questions are within. So. Our life in, in, the, in the world that we live in, it's so easy to get distracted. And, and we are so brilliant at numbing ourselves out, at not thinking, right? And distracting ourselves with the infinite distractions, whether it's TV or social media. You know, we numb ourselves out with food, with substances, drugs, alcohol, with, with you know, workaholism, um, exercising too much, anything could be turned into a way to run away from ourselves to avoid ourselves and and the stuff that we're running away from it's not going to go away does it only gets worse so yes it takes courage yes it takes time to go within and to and it takes tremendous courage to to ask the hard questions like you did like i had to like who am i what, what what's going on here what are the, what are the, what are the, what are the problems why am i why am i unhappy why do i do the things i do why do certain people trigger me why do i get stuck in these behaviors patterns in these relationship patterns it's work i'm not going to i'm not going to sugarcoat it it takes work and it takes courage to face our inner demons but it is so worthwhile because in our willingness to do that everything gets solved and we're able to finally have the kind of lives, the kind of relationships that we really truly long for. So be willing to do the work. It's it is so worthwhile because ultimately the reward for that is freedom.
1: Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree more with that. So okay, now what is one thing that my listeners can do right after this episode is, you know, um is over and they put out their phone again what is the first thing they can do after? Because everything that we're talking about is so, I, I don't even know how to, how to put it this way, you know, but it's like, I don't want my listeners to just listen passively, but, you know, it's just like, it's just knowledge, right? But without taking a certain action, it means nothing. So what would you say that they can do right after they put out their phone? Like maybe it's a question they have to ask themselves or they go into a meditation. What would you say to my listeners? Like, what do they need to do?
0: I love that. I love that question, and I love that, that you are so action oriented. I love that. Oh,
1: well, uh, which by muscular, the way it's part right? of that... is masculine energy.
0: Yes. Question. But that's the healthy that's the healthy part of the masculine. What we need to heal is the unhealthy part of the masculine. That doing, that's a that's a good thing. Otherwise we would be in this beautiful flowy, oh life is wonderful, sensuality, which is all great, but it's more part of the feminine and it's beautiful and it feels good. The masculine is more action oriented it's just the way the problem is the the lack of balance the imbalance where we're like do 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 success 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 and then we're neglecting the joyful (laughs) the joyful pleasant pleasurable part of life which is equally important and the introspection so figure out who you are right use your phone download this book right this awakening the soul power because it's gonna help you understand the mind and why you do the things you do. Um, and, it is, it'll, and and I've designed it in a way that's very easy to read. It's, it's short chapters. So that do one chapter a week. Right? Just do that. But do the, do the practices. Each chapter has practices connected to it. Do them. Take 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Sometimes it's the type of question that it'll take a little bit longer. But it's not like you're doing it the whole time. You're just going through life observing yourself. Oh, that person did that and it triggered me oh i just overrode my feelings my power in that situation what's the beginning to understand the patterns because once un, until we do that we can't do anything about it and then the book will walk you by the hand in understanding the mind and understanding the the relationship to power so that we can begin to reclaim and own our power and then it, that'll have an impact on all of our relationships and by the way, the second book of the series is all about relationships, uh, because I think that that's the area where most of us tend to give away our power. Uh, so how do we do relationships consciously? Um, and then if you're going to do one more thing, download a meditation app. And There's so many that, you, that we can do that and spend, commit to spending even five minutes, three times a week, 10 minutes, three times a week, where you put everything down and you're not doing, doing, doing. And you're just dropping into yourself and watching your breath and being with yourself and see what happens. If you would do that for 10 minutes, three times a week, your life will begin to change. And you will begin to have that sense of inner peace and personal empowerment that we all really long for.
1: Yes, beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Now, I have to invite you back again when when you finish your second book. And we'll talk about relationship because it's something that, you know, like so much to talk about relationship right so you know christian this has been such a transformational and i would say life-changing conversation to me um thank you so much you have been very generous and kind with your time today and now we are gonna end with our final five rapid fire questions so these are the five questions that i ask all my guests at at the end of the show and every question has to be answered in one word either one word or one sentence maximum all right (laughs) okay okay the first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier?
0: Oh, my God, self-love.
1: Wow. I, I wasn't expecting that from you. Okay. I mean,
0: if, if, I, if I had known this in my 20s, oh, my God, I would have saved myself so much pain.
1: Okay, now you're, you inspire me to ask the second question, like the next question, uh, the follow-up question. Because, again, people talk about self-love, right? But what does self-love really mean? Because like we talk about self love, we always think about being a woman, right? We talk about being loving ourselves, you know, um, doing our nails, like treating ourselves a massage. But what is what does self love mean to men? That's what I want to know.
0: I think it means the same thing, just loving yourself, (laughs) right? Which yeah, true. we, We all struggle with that, no matter what kind of body we're in, and it begins with self awareness. Then that opens the door to self acceptance which then makes possible self-love and every human being struggles with that yeah and and to me that's that's the most important journey of life is the journey to self-love because what happens is that we we are part of the reason we're unhappy is because we don't love ourselves we don't feel worthy and and again a lot of this is subconscious unconscious we don't but all this drive to succeed and to and to prove worth and to prove who we are it all stems from the lack of self love and and so but but it is insatiable like the, there's no amount of worldly success that is ever, that is ever going to be enough and and what how much more evidence do we need like people who are multimillionaires billionaires celebrities political leaders who have all the money you could want all the power you could want and they're miserable and the rate of suicide uh that the rate of addictions is the symptom of that the 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 only thing that's ever going to make us happy is coming to terms with ourselves and finding that sense of inner peace and inner love self-love and then we can go through life not needing to prove anything to anybody we don't need any external validation we don't need approval from anybody it's right here and so that's what i mean by self-love
1: it's beautiful. That is perfect. Now I know if I keep talking to you, we'll we'll talk for hours again. Now, second question. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, I would I would I would get on my spiritual path earlier.
1: Okay, but yeah. Isn't it true that you you the the timing, like do you believe the timing of your life? Like it cannot be earlier because it's it's not it wasn't the right time or you were not ready yet.
0: I agree. I agree with you. But if I could start if I could understand, you know, like like if I could understand the ego mind, if I could I could really understand myself and, and and the difference between religion and spirituality. Because that's what happened in my case. I grew up in, in a very very Catholic you know, religion and family. And once I realized that that religion didn't have room for me, didn't have space for me. um, Then I threw the baby out with a baptismal water. I wanted nothing to do, which marked of, you know, I I confused religion and spirituality. Um, And I know many other people do. Um, So, but if, if understanding the difference between religion and spirituality and figuring out that that is just a part of who we are, uh, the spirituality part of it, and I would have saved myself a lot of pain too.
1: Yes, I love that. Love the answer. Now, the next question is: What is, what is something that you are trying to learn or curious about right now?
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I'm still in this, um, in this new reality of, of virtual of doing doing my work and my workshops professionally and i've created online programming um which is great but the promotion part of it the marketing part of it is still i'm still learning how to do that um you know how to how to how to promote myself how to market my work in a work that doesn't come in a way that that feels good to me that doesn't come across as salesy or gimmicky um and it's slightly different in the virtual world um and so I'm still learning about that, how to do that in a way that is a match for me.
1: I, I mean, thanks for being so honest. I love that. And, and, you know, we have to thank the pandemic. If not, we wouldn't, me and you, we wouldn't be here talking to each other today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nowadays, the beauty of that, right? It's a blessing and we can connect with people from literally all over the world. And, and now the next question is, I know we are breaking the rules. This was supposed to be one <laughs> word or one, <laughs> If I have five minutes and the entire world was listening to you, what would you say?
0: Mm. Go within. Like like and like if we do that, and if we do the kind of stuff that we're talking about, if we understand who we are, if we are really get into our authentic power, our spiritual power, our, our soulful power, if we understand the ego mind, that is so critical. That is the source of all our suffering. If we're willing to do that work, then everything's going to work out, both personally in terms of our happiness, our fulfillment, even our success in the world. But then collectively, like that is the reason for war. That is the reason that we're, we're struggling with each other uh, because we're struggling both internally and externally as within, so without. Uh, so if we're willing to, if we all are willing to do that work, then the world will change. And realizing that that part of this illusion of separation that comes from having an ego um that is the reason that we're like locking horns with each other like if we realize that that we're all interconnected not only each other but in in, in, interconnected with all of life and, and that how fragile this tiny 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 pebble on which we live, hurtling through space at thousands of miles per hour. And here we are, like, stupidly, blindly at war with each other. That we're, we're, we're the infinite, delicate interconnection of all life. Um, and, you know, because when we think about that, our DNA, we think about different races. It's like our DNA, our DNA is like 99.999% identical. We share 984 of our DNAs, identical to chimpanzees. 50% of our DNA is identical to bananas. So literally, like we're so interconnected that life is so interconnected that if, if we really got that, we would have such a different relationship to ourselves um, and, and to each other and to, and to the world. And, and paraphrasing Einstein, you know, who said that you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness in which it was created. That that is what we're talking about. Ultimately, once what we need to 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 navigate this collective crisis that we're all navigating through on the tiny, tiny pebble uh, hurtling through space at thousands of miles per hour while revolving upon itself. And here we are like wasting our time, uh, you know, medicating ourselves with TV or, or drugs or at war with each other. It's Like, wow, we really got to pop out of this. And what it what to me, what it's gonna take it, it's a leap in consciousness, it's a revolution in consciousness. And and that's what my work is about. It's it's helping us to 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 realize it's like, hey, time to wake up before it's too late.
1: Yes, that is that wakes me up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I hope I can broadcast this to the whole world, but my podcast is not there yet, but One day who knows and now the last question is what brings you joy
0: you know doing this you know doing my work connecting with somebody like you on the other side of the world who who has a very similar mission who is dedicated to to helping people get free and step into their power somebody who's had the courage you know to to do that inner work and to ask the hard questions and to pop yourself out you know like out of depression into empowerment and are now committed um, to, to, you know, to, to do helping other people to do the same. That's what gives me joy. That's what gives me a sense of fulfillment. And I'm glad you know to, to maybe push things a little bit again, um, but I'm glad I don't have to choose between sex and my mission level work. But if I had to, I'm very clear um, because that is what, what I would choose because that's what gives me fulfillment. It's knowing that what I do how I spend my time, how, what I do with my life, makes a real difference in real human life. That's better than anything else, better than sex.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Christian, for taking your time out again. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people, my listeners, they want to get to know you more, or they want to connect with you, or they want to work with you. So where can I send people to you?
0: Uh, you know, the book is available wherever books are sold. You can Get it on Amazon, or you can order it at your local bookstore if you want to support them terms of reaching me, probably my website is the best way to do that. And from there, they can access my social media. So my website is soulfulpower.com. It's O-U-L-F-U-L-P-O-W-E-R. And for your audience, anybody who's watching this and who goes to soulfulpower.com and gets on my email list, and we know how easy it is to click unsubscribe down the road if it doesn't work for you. But by doing that, we'll send them a sam- sample chapter of the book. Uh, which talks about what it means to live a heroic life in the 21st century. We'll send them some of the power practices that we were talking about before, uh, which are designed to make sure that the teachings don't stay at the level of information. We don't need more information. We've got information overload at our fingertips. Uh, What we need is transformation. And that only comes from applying, from living, from taking on those teachings and applying them to our lives, integrating them into our lives. Um and we'll send them also a sample um a guided meditation um that I did about trust, you know what I which I created in the middle of the pandemic. Like how do we move into trust, into that place of inner peace and a trusting relationship with life in these times of chaos and fear and uncertainty that we're all living in?
1: Thanks. I have to thank uh, you. I need a meditation. <laughs> so I will put all the links um, in the show notes below. And um, all right, guys, I hope you love this episode. I'm sure you love this episode. Go follow Christian, go to his website and join his program, join his retreat and workshop and and download the book. That is your homework for today and um, check out all the amazing things that he's doing. And if you're not following me, follow me at Chan on Instagram, and please tell me and Christian what is your biggest takeaway from this episode because we really want to hear it from you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you, and you need you. Thanks for listening, and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thanks again to our sponsor, Get the Law of Attraction. Follow them on Instagram for daily spiritual enrichment and encouragement, especially if your spiritual ice cream cone is melting a bit, you will get a fresh scoop of your favorite flavor of spiritual encouragement and insights. Find Joy with Joyan listeners will also get $25 off when you go to their website and use promo code JOYANN, J-O-Y-A-N, when you sign up for their Law of Attraction course and Gratitude journal. Once again, that is JoyanN, J-O-Y-A-N, J-O-Y-A-N for $25 off and their links are in the show notes below. Hey guys, I hope you love this episode. If you love this episode, take a screenshot of this and share it on your IG stories and tell me what is your biggest takeaway. Remember to tag me at and underscore podcast so that we can connect with you. And if you'd like to support me personally and support my mission, then please help us read and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I read all of them. And until next time, my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, Thanks for listening and I will soon be back with another guest in the next episode.